good. Yes, sir. Preach the word. We're going to do it. We're going to do it this morning. Before we do, uh, just a couple of quick things. One is uh, that tonight there's a le- there's a small group that meets here at the building. They eat together. I think that's one of the main reasons they come here. Uh, but not, not the only one. There's another reason. They're going to be here because uh, they have a class that they do. And John Kuyper's teaching tonight. Is John, is John here? I thought he was here. He's not here. But he'll be here tonight. Okay, good. Okay, that's what I heard, and I was want to make sure I wasn't saying something wrong. All right, so that class will be on for tonight. That's small group. Also, one other thing, real quick, and that is that Monique, and of course we're praying and begging God for His hand of mercy in the Davis family. Many people have asked me and several other uh, leaders of the church. What can we do to help? And if you want to be a part of helping Kalama and Monique have a daycare in their home, that's their sustenance. He's obviously having to go to Albuquerque, back and forth, back and forth, trying to keep the daycare open, closed this week. You know, so if you want to help them financially, obviously the most important thing you can do is all to pray. But if you want to help them financially, uh, just see, is Joe in here? Or is Barbara in here? Oh, okay, there's Barbara. Barbara, raise your hand. This is Joe's wife, and so uh, see Barbara or see Joe, and if you want to make a contribution, we'll make sure that we get that contribution to the Davis. If you can make that for them, or you can make that for Gateway, just let them know that's what it's for, and then uh, we'll make sure they get some help, because they're, they're kind of hurting right now. Where did that song, where did that, uh, where did that verse come from on, on the song we sang here in the world, the third verse? Yeah, where did the third verse come from? Do you know? Oh, it's in the book? Oh. Duh. I thought you wrote it, and I was just going to mention, Brian wrote this verse for my sermon. But he didn't, but uh, he has done that before, but for some reason I thought maybe he did. Well, here we are. Uh, it is the Christmas season. It's the season of giving gifts, isn't it? And the season of receiving gifts. And I wonder what you might be hoping that you get this year. If anything. You know, we live in such a prosperous time where the richest people practically that have ever lived on the face of the earth. That it's almost like, what do you get? They have, you know, whole websites that have things when you can't think of something that anybody needs. Well, here's a website that tells you something that would be so unusual that no one would ever think to buy it. And they would go, wow. So maybe there's nothing you're really, quote unquote, hoping to get. But I know that we all have this experience. When we open a Christmas gift, and it is something that we were hoping to get. It is something that we love. It is something we're glad. And that's easy, isn't it? Wow, thank you. Oh, perfect. Just what I needed. Just what I wanted. Thank you so much. We've all had that experience. And then I guess that we've all had the experience, too, when we opened a Christmas present, and we were like, oh, maybe not so much what we wanted to get. How many of you have ever had that experience? Raise your hand if you've ever had that experience. Okay, I, I think it's fairly universal that, that uh, especially for men, you know, we always got, like, socks or a tie or something, you know. And so, anyway, um, I shouldn't say that. It's also for women as well. You know, you got a vacuum cleaner or whatever, you know, so... 
It's a universal experience. And we got something that we're just thinking, what in the world am I supposed to say? So I thought maybe I'd try to help you out this Christmas season. And, and so we'll just start out today with the top five things you should say, or that you could say, you can choose one of these, when you receive an unwanted gift this Christmas. Okay? So, so here they are. Number five. Wow! I don't know what to say. <laughs> now, now the, see, you gotta, you gotta get the first word in there. Because it gives you time to think what's the other. Wow! Okay, here's number four. Wow! I hope I never lose this. We're always losing things around here. <laughs> number three. Just my luck to get this on the very Christmas. I promise to give all my gifts to charity. That's a good one. Number two. Oh my! I don't deserve this. <laughs> Timing matters on that one as well. And then the number one thing to say when you receive an unwanted gift this Christmas, really, you shouldn't have. So that might help you. Maybe that'll help you this Christmas if you get any gifts. And I don't know whether it'll work or not. I thought maybe I'd practice uh, and let you see. I actually walked into my office Friday, and there was a gift there that is left in my office anonymously. I have no idea who gave it to me. And, uh, and here it is. It's got my name on it right here. And so uh, maybe I could just... Uh, yeah, just unwrap this and see if this works or not. It says John Duncan right here. And uh, so probably, I'm guessing anyways, the person who... You guys aren't those neat unwrappers, are you? Those people drive me crazy. Okay. Uh, yeah, probably the person who left this in my office, I'm thinking more than likely, is uh, probably here. I, I don't know if it was anonymous, but we'll see. So uh, let's see what we got in here. Lord, we pray that uh, during this season, as Brian talked about, that it's just going to be 
so crazy and, and actually sometimes awful, and that's just, just not right. Give us discipline to slow down this month. Give us discipline to say the word no. So that we make sure we have time to be still. To be quiet. And to remember what you have given. Today, God, I pray that as we uh, look at your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would teach us. Teach us about yourself. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts. The book of Acts and chapter 2. And this is the very first good news sermon that was ever preached. The very first sermon that was about the life of Jesus. Peter preached it on the day of Pentecost. And he told the story about God and God is in the business of saving people. And he kind of went through some history and then he tells about the life of Jesus. All the things he did and then he gets to the end and this is the climax of his sermon. And this is what he says right here. Acts chapter 2 verse 36. Therefore, Peter says, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He says basically to the people, this person I've been telling you about, he's the Messiah, and you killed him. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles' brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom our Lord God will call. This is the gift that we want to talk about this month. I know we usually talk about the birth of Jesus during December, but I want us to spend this month talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift that God gave. Now, this is a huge topic. There's no way. I couldn't, we could spend a year and not cover everything there is to talk about, about the Holy Spirit. But we're going to talk about one specific thing. Let me give you a little bit of, a, a little bit of foundation before we do. Because if we get a gift, well, what does the gift do? Well, Look and see right here. The Bible tells us, before I show you that, the Bible tells us that you can't know everything the Holy Spirit does because the Holy Spirit is like the wind. That's what Jesus said. You can see the effects of it, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. In other words, you saying you can't manipulate it. You can't put it in a box and make it do what you want. There's some mystery surrounding the Holy Spirit, but we do know some things about the Holy Spirit. Some of the things we know are in the book of John. John tells us four things that the Holy Spirit does. This gift that we've been given does at least four things. Here they are right here. He counsels us. He teaches us. He convicts us. And he guides us. The Holy Spirit is in the business of doing these things in the life of a believer. That's you. If you're a follower of Christ, then very early in your journey with Christ, 
You receive the Holy Spirit, and He begins to do these things in your life. Counsel us, teach us, convict us, and guide us. This right here could be a whole other sermon series, a whole other lessons that we could do about all the ways the Holy Spirit does this. I'm just giving you just some basics about that, because really what we're going to talk about during this series is not what does He do. We're going to talk about what do we do with the Holy Spirit. Because when you get a gift, what do you do with it? What do you do with the gift when you get it? And, and in order to do that, in order for us to be able to uh, remember what, what these have been and what they're about, every week uh, during December, we're going to unwrap a present. We're going to unwrap a present that's going to help us remember what do we do with the Holy Spirit, with this gift. And so, this is the gift we're going to unwrap today. And I was going to get, if there's any young people in here who might want to help me unwrap this. Are there some of you guys in here? Oh, good. Ivan and Brando. Get up here. Come on, run. Hurry. Come on up here. So, we're going to unwrap this present today. And this is going to remind us of what we do with the Holy Spirit. Now, before we do this, before you unwrap this, you've got to know something about me. And that is, I don't like any neat careful unwrapping. You guys don't like it either? Okay, good. That's perfect. Now, here, turn around and face you guys for just a minute. We don't have a microphone. Yeah, okay. Good. Now, do you have do you have a guess? Or do either one of you know what's in here? You already know? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. Well, what would you guess, Brandon? Just a guess. A slide. Okay, well, that's a pretty good guess. What would you guess, Ivan? So here we go. Uh, why don't you get on that side over there and one on this side? Why don't you go on that side over there? Okay. And then we're going to let you guys open our present for us today. Okay, ready? Mark, get set, go. Tear that thing off. Keep on tearing. Get it all off there. Come on, get it all off. There you go. Good job. Okay. So. What is it? A treadmill. How cool. What do you do with the treadmill? Oh, wait, I know what you do. Here it is. This is what you do right here. Right here. That's what you do with the treadmill. There it is. Because I've been to some of your houses, and I know that's what you do with your treadmill. Okay, give these guys a hand. Give them a hand. Good job, guys. This is going to represent for us today. This is going to represent for us today. The gift of the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn a, a quick lesson today from this. And, uh, and we're going to get it from Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Because the Holy Spirit in Christendom has been abused. It has been, he has been misused. And, and because of that, a lot of people then have felt like well, man, that's just weird, maybe. Or I don't understand the Holy Spirit. So they just kind of said, "I'm just going to sort of, I'm just going to sort of ignore that." But we don't want to be people who ignore the gift that's been given to us. We want to know how to use the gift that's been given to us. And so let's see what Paul says. Paul says in Galatians chapter five and verse twenty-five, he says this: "Since we are living by the Spirit, 
Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Another version says, let us stay in step with the Spirit in every area of our lives. What do we do with this gift? We stay in step. We walk with the Spirit. That's what we do. We stay in step. Now, it might be like, yeah, well, duh, no kidding. Of course. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what we do. We walk with the Spirit. We stay in step with the Spirit. Yeah, John's a treadmill. You walk on it. Okay, good. Well, just imagine this for a minute. Go with me for a second. Think about this. Imagine if, uh, imagine if you received this gift for Christmas, and, and you got a card with it. And it said, if you'll just simply take this gift right here, and you'll put this piece of exercise equipment in your house, then what will happen is you will be more healthy, you'll be happier, you'll be able to sleep better, you'll lose weight, you're going to feel good. And you think, great, that's what I want to happen. I want to feel better. I want to lose weight. I want to sleep better. That's great. I want to feel good. Those are, yes, I am so glad. So you take this and you put it in your house. And now let's fast forward to about uh, March or April. And you get a friend, a, a buddy or something, and you load this thing up in a pickup truck, and you take it down to the store where it was purchased, and you roll it in, and you say to the clerk, you say, I want to return this thing. It doesn't work. And they say, well, we're sorry, sir. We're sorry about that. Tell us, tell us what the problem is. Well, the problem is that it says if I put this piece of equipment in my house that I would lose weight, I would feel better, I would sleep better, I would, I, I, I would be more healthy. Yes, sir. And none of that has happened. I don't feel better. I wake up every night. I've gained weight since Christmas. This thing doesn't work. Well, we're sorry, sir. We're glad to make that right. We're glad to make it right. Just tell us what is wrong. I just told you what's wrong. This thing doesn't work. I'm not feeling any better. Well, okay, sir. Let's get specific. When you plug the machine in, well, I didn't plug the machine in. You didn't plug the machine in. What are you talking about? No, no. It said if I put this in my house, I would feel better. If I own this, I would lose weight. If I had this in my house, I would sleep better. And I'm not. Well, sir, that's not the way it works. You have to plug this in. You have to turn it on. You have to get up here and you have to walk on the gift. Walk? Okay. What a silly elementary, dumb illustration, all right? But I think you get the point, don't you? Have any of us ever done this with the Holy Spirit? Have any of us ever said, well, okay, I guess I do have to get the Holy Spirit because the Bible says so, but I don't really understand that Holy Spirit stuff. And so I'll tell you what, I just really read the Bible and I try to do what the Bible says, and I don't really worry about that Holy Spirit stuff. I just kind of leave that alone. Well, I want to tell you something. I don't think just leaving the Holy Spirit alone is a biblical option. Now, there are some other biblical options. The Bible says you can stay in step with the Spirit, you can walk with the Spirit, that's one of them. And the Bible gives some other options of what you can do with the Spirit. But they're not just leave it alone. But let me show you what some of them are. Here's some other biblical options of what people can choose to do. Number one, 1 Thessalonians, Paul says to this church, do not put out the Spirit's fire. 
you can quench the Holy Spirit. When this gift that is doing what he does, counseling and guiding and teaching and convicting, when he says to you, I want you to love your neighbor. I want you to give more sacrificially. I want you to step out, step into a ministry that is going on that you need to be a part of. Well, you could say, wow, I see that as an option. I feel like maybe that's something that I could do, but nah, I'm not going to do that. I don't have enough money right now to give more. Even though the Spirit is guiding me to, no, we've got too many bills. Or, or maybe the Spirit is, is guiding me to take a step of faith of some kind. The next step of faith in my life. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm pretty comfortable right where I'm at. I've done enough. I'm good right where I'm at. That is taking water and pouring it on a flame. To use another illustration. We can quench the Spirit. Of course, we don't want to do that, but we can. A second biblical option is that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the fact that you could grieve the Holy Spirit? Think about that word grieve. We're not talking about like, oh, I'm sad because I missed my favorite TV show. Grieve the Holy Spirit. That when he's doing what he does, when he's leading and guiding, when he's convicting you of a sin in your life, and you say, well, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I know I'm not supposed to sleep with my girlfriend, but it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. Grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, I know I'm not supposed to tell a lie. I know I'm not supposed to gossip. I know that I'm not supposed to, to steal from people, but, but you know, it's, I mean, everybody does it. Grieve the Holy Spirit. This is a biblical option. Certainly not one that we want to do. Another one that might surprise you is Jude writes to the church and says, these are men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. You can be in the church. These people were in the church and they did not have the spirit. Apparently you can choose to not have the spirit. Jude, maybe, maybe we think, well, what in the world? Who, who is that? Somebody in the church who doesn't have the spirit. Jude explains it in verse 16. He says, he kind of describes who these people are. These people are grumblers. They're fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves. They flatter others for their own advantage. Wow. People who live that way might even check themselves to see, do I even have the Spirit? Well, this is a little bit of a downer. I mean, are you just trying to make us feel bad, John? Are you trying to make us feel like and question whether we have the Spirit, whether we're grieving or quenching the Spirit? I'm just reading some warnings from Scripture to say we don't want to do this with the gift that's been given to us. We want to do what God told us to do with the gift He gave us. And that is to stay in step with the Spirit. Well, how can I know, John? How can I know whether I'm staying in the step with the Spirit? Or whether I'm doing these other things. Well, Galatians, where we read stay in the death of the Spirit, Paul gives us what I would say would be a litmus test. He says this in Galatians 5, 
and verse 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. This is a great list for us to read slowly and privately and pray the song that we, a little while ago, that's from Psalm 51, I believe it is, created me a clean heart. Before it says that, search me, God, search and let me know if there's anything inside me. God, let me examine myself and know, are, is this fruit in my life? And if you spend some time meditating on that and you decide this fruit is not in my life, I'm the most impatient person at my job. I'm not kind, I'm mean. I'm not gentle, I make people cry. If you find this out about yourself, what should you do? Well, try harder. Just grit your teeth and say, I will be a patient person. Or, I will be full of joy even though I'm very sad and angry and despondent. I've heard lessons about the fruit of the Spirit that said, we're going to go through the fruit of the Spirit and we're going to study how to be more loving, how to be more joyful, how to be full of peace, how to have patience. And that is an incorrect way of reading what this text is talking about. This text is not telling you to try to be these things more. It's saying this is not the work of your life. This is not, the, this is not your effort to be these things. It is not the fruit of John Duncan or the fruit of Carl or, or the fruit of Gail. That's not what this is. It is the fruit of the Spirit. This will come out of your life from the inside naturally. If, first of all, you have the gift of the Spirit. And secondly, if you walk with the Spirit. If you stay in step with the Spirit. So it's not that we need a plan to try to be these things more. It's that we simply need to say to God, let me hear your Spirit guide me. Let me hear your spirit guide me. And then, give me the courage to stay in step with the spirit. And so today, this is the good news. You get to walk with him. You get to walk with him. And I hope... This treadmill will be up here on stage in the back for the rest of the month. I hope every time you see this this month, anytime you see a treadmill at your house, you see someone walking around the track, or you get out to walk somewhere out of your car, I hope you'll be thinking about this good news. You get to walk with the Holy Spirit. That is good news. The question this morning is simply this. What step is he guiding you to take right now? Is there a sin in your life? Is there a relationship in your life that you know something needs to change in that? Something has to change. It can't keep going. And he's speaking to your heart. Take a step. Is it, is it the step of 
of being baptized in Christ like we started out reading this morning. He's never been baptized. He's guiding you. Will you take the step? Is it a step of some ministry or caring about some person that you really don't want to care about? It couldn't be coming from inside yourself. It's the Holy Spirit that's moving you, encouraging you, wooing you, inviting you, leading you, counseling you to take a step of caring, of reaching out. What will you do? Will you take a step? Or will you grieve and quench the Spirit? Apparently, God gives both the gift of the Spirit and also the gift of free will. You get to choose. Will you step with the Spirit or not? It's your choice. 